Chapter 24. I missed most of seventh period talking to Principal Torres. Conquering the red wall would have to wait for tomorrow, and I felt so bad about getting detention that I almost forgot to enjoy intermediate theater workshop. Luckily, Mrs. Walkett had brought in her collection of fancy masks from all over the world, fancy and expensive looking, full of colors and feathers and costume jewels and empty eyes. We spent the whole class trying them on and coming up with characters based on them. Mine was a beautiful goat mask because it had real horns and real fur and looked like it cost a fortune. It, I took really good care of it and tried not to move around too much, which was the wrong thing to do. Sal, said Mrs. Wolkid, goats are brilliant and ornery. They like to hop around, headbutt people, scale mountains, and eat homework. Now I ask you, are you a goat or are you merely a child in a goat mask? Then she pointed at her solar plexus with both hands and nodded encouragingly. I didn't need to be told twice. I got on all fours and rammed in her, her in the gut, super gently, of course. This was acting class. She did a pratfall and shot an egg out of her dress, then applauded me from the floor. Excellent, you are marvelous. Now go forth, Billy Goat, and beat Gruff about it. I had excellent goat fun for the rest of class, perching on chairs, chewing pages out of people's notebooks. It was impossible not to feel better. Until the bell rang. Detention time. Hug. Hey, said Gabby, running up to me. She was wearing a shark mask that had a bloody leg sticking out of the mouth. Don't forget, we're doing your interview now. Are you ready to go? Come on. Oh, wait, I have to go to my locker and I have detention, I said glumly. She pulled off the mask. Her actual smile was every bit as sharky. Yeah, I know. How do you know? I asked, but I knew it was a stupid question as soon as it came out of my mouth. And I got the exact answer I thought I would. I know everything that happens at Coleco. I'm the editor of The Rotten Egg. Yes, I know. So why'd you ask if I was ready to go if you knew I was going to detention? Because I'm going with you. I suddenly felt a little better, in that misery loves company way. Oh, you got detention too? What a shame. What did you do? I didn't earn detention. What, you think I'm some kind of hoodlum or something? I just like it. I crossed my arms. I'm not a hoodlum. And then my brain caught up with the rest of what she had said. Wait, did you say you like detention? She looked at me with genuine pity. Oh, you really don't know. Come on. Oh, you really don't know? Come on, Sal, follow La Jefa. I'm going to show you one of the coolest things about Coleco. Gabby led and I followed. Detention was on the third floor in the library and technology commons. I hadn't actually been to the library yet. The Coral Castle is so full of books, I basically live in a library. And I mean, it was only the fourth day of school. Welcome to detention, said Gabby, as if it were a carnival. She held one of the glass double doors open and I entered the library, ready for the worst. Detention was a carnival. The bookshelves were, which were futuristic looking white carts as tall as walls, had been pushed to the sides of the room. That left space for the, what, like 15 big round tables. Board games were spread out on some of them, maps with tons of wood bits covering them. That made me drool a little. Other tables were carpeted by red by card games, mostly the Pucha Lucha Libre collectible card game, which I hadn't learned to play yet and really wanted to. One table had become a workstation for the advanced cosplay pace group from my textile arts class, where it looked like they were building some kind of turtle, squid, grizzly, tiger straight out of cheesy Japanese live-action kids shows. I saw Aventura there. She gave me a friendly wave, and I waved back. Five different tables had signs up advertising their club meetings. Four tables announced their book clubs, and the fantasy and science fiction book club was reading A Wrinkle in Time, which is one of my all-time favorites. Kids at another table were busy building combat robots. They had an open space behind them 
where they could drive their robots around and test them and beat on other robots. I've always loved watching combat robot shows, but I never thought I could make a robot myself. It'd be too hard. But now seeing that there was a club at school where kids did this for fun, it suddenly seemed possible. That's a good feeling. Behind a glass wall at the back of the commons, looking like a zoo habitat, a soundproof study room with two long tables caged up the detention kids. Several teachers and librarians roamed around or sat next to students as they worked on their homework or whatever detention punishment they had to finish. Every once in a while, kids would rest their cheeks on their hands and look at all the fun everyone else in the library was having before they sighed and got back to work, those poor schmucks. That's where you have to go, said Gabby, pointing to the soundproof room. Come on. Reluctantly, I did a slow death I did a death row shuffle past the gamers and the makers and the readers and followed Gabby to the door to detention. Again, she opened it for me. I went in. Hola, a man greeted me. He looked like a leprechaun reporter from the 1920s. Green jacket, yellow vest, paisley tie, white shirt, brown tweed pants, and boots with way more buckles than were humanely needed. Than were humanly needed. His hair shot up like a black flame. I'm Daniel Miranda Rivero. I'm the chief learning coordinator. You must be new to Coleco. What's your name? He put out his hand for me to shake. I very politely went to shake his hand. When Gabby, yelling in a slow motion, no, jumped between us. She turned my hand over, checking for my gotcha stamp, no doubt. When she didn't find it, she carried. She straightened her hair and said, okay, carry on. I shook Daniel's hand. I'm Salvadon. So, Daniel asked me, looking sly, what you in for? I put my left hand in my pocket and shrugged, scaring Gladys Machado to death. Oh, you're the magician. Principal Torres told me about you. Really? I scratched my head, tried to sound casual. What'd she say? She told me to watch you with both eyes. Three if you have them, Gabby added, dry as moon dust. Won't help, I smiled. Check your hand. <clears throat> Excuse me. Daniel checked the hand we shook. I could tell he was hoping I'd done something, but he had to say, I don't see anything after searching. Not you, Daniel. Gabby. The look of horror on Gabby's face was everything. The howls she let out after she sighed, stamped gotcha on her palm, were like music. No, no, how? No, that is not how it works. No, when could you possibly have... Argh! She said, stomping and flailing her arms, her hair tossing the sorceresses around like a tornado. I wish I could have watched her little tantrum from outside the study room. I bet it looked especially funny without sound. Detention was great. I mean, zapping Gabby got it off to a great start. But what was cool was how Daniel ran it. Kids could go in and out whenever they wanted. Sometimes they'd go outside to the commons, join a game, or talk to friends, or, or watch robot combat robots kill each other for a while. And then they'd come back and pick up wherever they'd left off. The teachers in the room assisted everyone who needed it and left them alone when they didn't. Other kids who didn't have detention were there just to help their friends get done sooner. The mood was light and jokey and easy and not like detention at all. It's funny, when I saw the room for the first time, I thought the kids were trapped in there like zoo animals. I'd assumed they were miserable. But that was just because I was feeling salty and didn't want to be in detention. Now that I'd seen it from the inside, I had a whole different perspective. Emotion literally changes your eyesight. I would have to remember that. While I worked on my apology to Gladys, Gabby toured the room, glad handing teachers and helping other students with their homework. She completed her circle of the room just as I finished my letter. I gave it to her to read, but when her eyes started scanning it, I added, can you read it out loud? I want to hear if it sounds good. Gabby's eyebrows touched her hairline. Are you sure? Isn't this like private? 
I don't think Gabby had noticed Yasmani coming into the detention room just then, but I sure had. I'd seen him coming the second he walked into the commons. I'm sure, Gabby, I said. Gabby gave me one of those, it's your life, tilt to the head, and then read the letter out loud. Dear Gladys, I started studying magic when my mommy died. It was way... It was a way for me to cope with the pain and try to take back control of my life. I didn't know at first how happy magic can make people. That's why I love performing tricks now. I love to see people's eyes fill with wonder. I love it when they ask, how did you do that? I think it's the best thing I do with my time. I think the best thing I do with my time is go to the hospital and perform for sick children. It's because of the joy I see in their eyes that I know I have learned how to take the tragedy of my mammy's death and turn it into something good. But today I misused magic. Instead of using it to make people happy, I made you feel afraid with it. That goes against everything magic is for. And the worst part of all is if my mammy were alive today, she would be disappointed in me. That's almost more than I can take. I'm sorry for the trick I played on you today. I will never play another trick on you again. I won't ask for your forgiveness, but I hope you will forgive me anyway. If you can, I understand. If you can't, I understand. I will just leave you alone and be sorry that I did something mean to you that you can't get past and try to learn from it. Sincerely, Salvedon. Gabby read it beautifully. I knew she would. The whole room had stopped to listen to her, even Yasmani, who had pretended not to listen. Too cool for school. When she reached the end, Gabby slapped the letter against her legs and looked at me with a wishy-washy smile that I knew could turn into an ugly cry any second. That was a very good apology, Sal, she said. I'll say, said Daniel, smiling softly. Where'd you learn to write from the heart like that? Not from the heart, I said, patting my belly. From the stomach.